Mum's faced quite a challenge when trying to navigate the new life after giving birth. In this week's episode of First Time Mum's Chat, I'm exploring the challenge of financial stress, which is something many of the mums I speak with face. I'm talking with financial coach Candy Bax-Frisian, who is a mother of four active kids. You'll hear Candice talk about what steps you can take towards being even a little bit less stressed in your home as you commence your parenting journey. Whether this is your first time becoming a parent or the sixth, you'll want to hear Candice's pearls of wisdom. I'm Helen Thompson and welcome to First Time Mums Chat. I'm a childcare educator and baby massage instructor. I know that being a parent for the first time is challenging and changes your life every way imaginable. To help ease your transition into parenthood, I aim to offer supportive, holistic approaches and insights for mums of babies aged mainly from four weeks to 10 months old. My goal is to assist you to become the most confident parent you can and smooth out the bumps along the way. This podcast is brought to you by My Baby Massage. To find out how Baby Massage can help you to increase your confidence and feel more connected with your baby, check out My Baby Massage introduction video at mybabymassage.net forward slash intro. Let's do this together. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please contact a medical practitioner if you are concerned or have any medical issues. Hi Candice and welcome to First Time Mums Chat. I'm delighted to have you here and I'm looking forward to our chat today. So can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. So yeah, my name's Candice Bax-Friesen. And I am a mom of four. I live in Canada and I have been self-employed pretty much throughout having kids. So I was employed during my first maternity leave. I got one maternity leave. And then after that, I've been self-employed for over 16 years. So definitely have gone through lots of different challenges with work and having kids and what that all looks like, especially when you're self-employed, it's a bit of a juggle. Yeah, I can imagine that. And I know you're a financial coach, so help mums a lot with that juggle. Yeah, so I started as a real estate agent and I've been doing that for about 16 years. And then more recently, about five or six years ago, I became a money coach and it's just been super rewarding to be able to help people wherever they're at. It could be somebody who's single, it could be a couple, it could be somebody who's self-employed. Yeah, all of those life changes throughout our lives, there's those financial stresses as we go. So could be a couple who's planning to have kids and starting to think, okay, what's this going to look like? Or a mom who's been employed, but now doesn't want to go back to work. They're at home and can't picture leaving their young one. And so again, there's these calls throughout life, I think, especially as moms where we're kind of pulled in lots of different directions and Definitely employment and self-employment can be a tough one. Yeah, definitely. So what do you offer mums to relieve their financial stress? 
Well, I think one of the first things that you really need to do is just kind of assess where you're at. And I think people can be surprised both ways, like, oh, I'm doing better than I thought, or, oh, I didn't realize I was spending as much money as I am. And so if you are watching the podcast, thinking of starting to have a family, then I think one of the first places to start on the financial side of it is just to create that budget and then look at different scenarios. In Canada, of course, we have a very good maternity leave. Some parts of the world are not as fortunate, depending where you're listening from. But a lot of people will take the full year. And more recently, there's an 18-month option for moms here or parents here in Canada. But what's at a reduced income, mm -hmm. obviously. So there's still that budget to kind of figure out what our new numbers look like. And, you know, life changes a lot, I found, when you have kids. And maybe you're used to going out a lot, and now you don't go out as much because you're happy at home, or you're not spending as much on clothes and eating out because you aren't working. So there's definitely different changes that come. And I think it's normal to worry about the lack of income coming in, but there's also less expenses too. So it might not be as much of an adjustment as people think. Yeah, it's interesting you say you may not go out a lot and you may not do very much, but and there the adjustment. But I suppose you've got to think about things like diapers, and that's an expense, and all your baby's clothes and your baby's mm -hmm. cot and your baby's blankets. And then when they get older, they shift from a cot to a bed and all these yeah. things can be stressful for a month. Yeah. And, you know, some people, they're fortunate and they have hand-me-downs or they have a relative or maybe a sister or brother who just had children a few years ago and then they get all these hand-me-downs. So that could be something where, again, you end up not having too much expense. And there's also really generous people out there, <laughs> depending mm -hmm. on what your family's like. I've had people say, man, I'm not going to have to buy a diaper for two years because I got so many diapers. I wasn't expecting this. So yeah, definitely every family, every situation is different. I think like many things in life, we worry about how this is all going to work. And like many things, it tends to usually work out better than we expect. If you're a mom who's thinking about either going back to work after the maternity leave, depending on how long the maternity leave is, or if they're deciding that they don't want to go back to work, they either want to be a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home mom self-employed. So how does all that work in what you do? Well, again, I think it's creating that budget and creating those scenarios. And you have some time while you're expecting, you've got the nine months to really think about that a little bit too. So depending how long you have maternity leave after that as well. But if you're thinking that's kind of the way that you want to go, you could already get a head start on that. So you could be looking at, okay, well, maybe I don't want to go back to my career, but maybe I'll work part-time. I have maybe a relative or somebody who can help me with part-time hours. Or I'm going to work in the evenings when my spouse is home and they're going to look after the baby while I'm working. So there's different ways to do it. And I think that the more flexible you are to different options, the more that you can figure out something that's going to work for you. The other thing I say is that until that baby's born, you really don't know. Some people exactly. intend to go back and then they just can't because they just can't, again, see themselves ever leaving. 
And the next person's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm staying at home. And then it's like, oh man, no, I need to talk to adults. I can't do this full time. (laughs) (laughs) Both are right. You got to do what's right for you. Neither one Mm -hmm. is the wrong way. I really feel as a mom, you got to be happy, whether that's staying at home with your child and that is what makes you happy. Or if you're going to be a working mom, that makes you happy, go for it. So yeah, sometimes what we plan while the baby's still germinating, we don't know until the baby's born how it's going to be. So I think it's good to think through a few different options and depending where things go and how you feel about everything, then you've thought through some of the different options available to you. Yeah, you've also got to think of the options if you're going to have your family to take care of them, if you're going to get a nanny, or if they're going to go into childcare, even if you're not going back full time and you just want to stay at home and be a mum at home, you still got to think about all the scenarios of, oh, what if I want time myself, if I need to have a break? It's hard going because you're there 24-7. And as a mum, you need to decide whether financially that's what you want to do or if your hubby's got enough income coming in. It's a tough decision, and I think a lot of the time mums get stressed and it's hard to navigate that new life and having the financial burden on top of it It's hard as well. Yeah. And I think the other thing is that we as moms or again, even when I help people buy homes, you think of this as the forever home or you think of this as the forever career. But even if you go back after Matt leave and after six months, you decide, no, you know, I can't do this. That's okay. Mm -hmm. So I think just being as open and flexible to different options, the better. Mm, yeah, I agree. And that's a very important advice for a mom. Because as you say, when the baby's born, it may be a completely different scenario to what you initially thought. You may think, I don't want to go back to work. I actually yeah. want to be here for my child. So that therefore, that's something else you need to think about. And every mom chooses what they need for them. Because I think one mom may want to go back to work, as you said, and one mom may say, no, I want to stay at home with my kids. But I think that's a key to the finance. You've got to think about how that's going to work. Because some moms may be under pressure to go back to work because of the finance. And that can be quite stressful as well. Yeah. And life throws you curveballs. My oldest daughter, my firstborn, she was born with a disability and we had no idea until she was born. Mm. So I was not expecting 23 days of intensive care. Then once she came home, I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm going to be going to appointments every week, just trying to keep her alive. So life throws these curveballs to us too. So again, no matter how much you plan, it's good to plan because you want to have different options in your mind of things to do. But you still are never totally prepared in life. There's always something that comes about that's unexpected. So I'm on the other end of that now. My oldest is 18 and now we're looking at care, right? And where she's going to live. So did I worry about those things 18 years ago? No, I tried not to because (laughs) again, everything's changing all the time. And what was available 18 years ago is not available now. And so again, we can plan the best that we can, but that's all you can do as well. And I think it's important for any mom or any parent to be thinking about your saving for your children, whether that's their education or in my case, it was looking at, okay, now what's available for her because she has a disability and what different programs are out there. So in Canada, we have a disability plan 
for retirement. So you've put in a certain amount of money and the government will contribute. And so it helps families plan for the future of their family member with a disability. And we're not going to be around forever. And obviously we hope she outlives us. And so then what's that going to look like for whoever's managing her resources and uh, and money and stuff and making sure that, again, she's got a great life after we pass on. So, yeah, so there's all kinds of different things financially that come up. And again, plan as best you can, but also be open to the fact that, you know, don't be too hard on yourself when things change or different things come up. And even with self-employment, you might be at home and then suddenly somebody says to you, hey, I've got this great business idea. And you're like, no, that sounds good. You weren't necessarily intending to be self-employed, but sometimes opportunities arise and they're great opportunities to take advantage of. So then there's this shift of like, okay, I want to explore this, but what am I going to do with, with my baby who's at home? So it's interesting, interesting journey. Yeah. I actually saw this lovely video the other day. I think it was on Instagram with this mom who was working from home. And she had her baby lying on his back. She'd attached balloons to the baby, to his legs. And he was having a ball while she was working. Yeah. And I thought that was such an interesting thing to do because that's supporting your baby at home while you're working. And yeah. your baby's quite happy sort of lying next to you, yeah. doing what he does, whether he's having fun or whether he's falling asleep or whatever. I just thought it was such a nice thing to see the baby yeah. sort of kicking the balloons while she was working. Just yeah. lying there peacefully, and he was having fun looking up at all the different colors, and it was yeah. A great. Yeah, and there's so many ways to be creative, and again, so much to really think about when you're going to start working from home. Some people who are listening, again, have experienced that transition from working in an office to home, but in a different way due to COVID. So then yeah. people are like, oh, whoa, okay, now I need a dedicated area. I need maybe an office, whereas I've never needed one before, but I've got kids who are loud in the background or animals to deal with now suddenly who are barking and I'm on calls. And so there's always these things to think about, but I think that that's maybe opened up more people's eyes to what entrepreneurs working from home really have to deal with. So I think one of the things, like you mentioned, when the child's a baby, it's a little bit easier, but once they become a rangy toddler, <laughs> yes, it's not so it's easy. a little harder. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that I would recommend people consider is actually still having childcare. And I know that the whole point of working from home is that you don't have to have that help. But even if you have, again, a family member, a friend who's willing to take your child for a couple hours a week, when you have that dedicated time, you get so much more done. Mm -hmm. So I think that's another thing to really consider when you're doing work from home is not only like how long everything's taking when you're manufacturing or making sales calls or whatever that is, but if you have somebody with you who really needs you all the time, like a toddler, maybe you're making one call every hour versus if you got help for two hours and you could just quickly make a whole bunch of calls. So it's something to think about with efficiency as well. And if you have somebody in your life who's kind of in the same boat, two mom entrepreneurs, if you can help each other out, then again, there's not the cost, but you both are able to work on your businesses more efficiently. So just a few ideas to help moms who are looking at self-employment. 
I like that because I think working with another mum, because that's what you can also do with nannying as well. You have two mums, two families working together so that the nanny actually looks after both families' children. So therefore it halves the cost. The nanny still gets whatever it is an hour so that it's more financially viable for both families to work from home because the nanny can either work from one person's home one day or the other person's home the next day and take the kids out and do stuff. I think these days a lot of parents, I don't know if it's the same in Canada, but here in Australia, I think a lot of parents are relying on grandparents to take care of their kids. And yes, grandparents are great. And I think grandparents are wonderful for being around their kids, but it's not their role, as far as I'm concerned, to look after what the mums go to work. It's their role to have fun with the kids and enjoy being with the kids as a family, but mm-hmm. not necessarily being childminders. Yeah, and I never had that in my family. So if your mom wants that role and she's been waiting to mm, be full-time grandma, then great. But yeah, I think as parents, we can't be dependent on that or we shouldn't be demanding that because I think what you said is very important. Even if they're retired, if your parents are quite young, maybe they're still working. But even if they're retired, they probably have a life that they have different interests or they volunteer or they're just into different things. So to kind of assume that they're going to be a full-time grandparent while you're at work is probably not a good assumption to make. So if they take on that role, all the power to them. But yeah, I think that there's lots of different ways to do it. And for me, my parents and my in-laws, they were always kind of a backup plan, like, okay, daycare is not open could you please fill in or oh we gotta go show house tonight and my husband isn't around so could you please help so I think they really enjoyed having the kids around but not where it became oh they're here again today yeah and I think that's the key you say family members and I think family members are all very well Mm -hmm. and I know there's a lot of family members that love doing that role but that's something you've got to take into consideration when you're financially planning or your kid if you want to work from home. You've got to think, well, who's going to take care of them? Is it okay if the grandparents do it? Do they want to do it? Or do I need to put them into childcare? Or do I want to get a nanny? Yeah. And that's where you come in to give them financial advice on how to do that. Yeah. Again, really looking at the different costs and the options. And again, that can all change too, because your parents could suddenly say, eh, I'm not interested anymore. So everything's really a moving target in life. No different than if you don't have kids. It's the same thing, right? You can only plan for the best that you can plan for, but you don't know if you're going to suddenly lose your job or you don't know if you're suddenly going to have to buy a new vehicle and you weren't planning on it this year. And so there's all these variables in life, but the more that you can plan and really think through what could happen. I think the better prepared you are. And then just thinking about what's the actual possibility, the probability of it happening. So Mm -hmm. I can plan for my husband and I both losing our jobs and having major financial issues and the house being struck by lightning. But the probability (laughs) of all of that happening at once is not very likely. So we could just plan for best case scenarios, but still have an idea of, well, if this would happen, what would we do? Yeah. So if a mum came to you for financial coaching, what would that look like? So I think if the woman is in a relationship, it's best to meet with the couple because you really should be planning your finances together. Even in a couple relationship, usually one person kind of rises to the top and says, okay, I'm going to be the one that takes care of the money. Because if both 
people are doing it, then it becomes too many cooks in the kitchen where you're overmanaging things. So it tends to be that one person kind of ends up taking care of the finances, but that doesn't mean that the other person can't be involved. So it's really, really important as a couple, even if you have the other person saying, I hate talking about this stuff, just deal with it, um, <laughs> that they're still involved in, in planning and dreaming about what the future looks like and things like that. So if possible, then both people involved is better. And then again, yeah, we look at different scenarios and help create that budget of what are things looking like? Where are some places that we can maybe cut back a bit? Where are some places where we can bring in more money? Sometimes people, if they're self-employed, maybe they haven't raised their prices in a while. So I had one entrepreneur I'm working with, they added a fuel mileage surcharge to their business and they raised their rates and hadn't done that in several years. And it's things that we think about, but it takes a coach to really kind of push you to mm -hmm. take action. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's the benefit to a coach. Yeah, because I think sometimes you may not think about those things you've mentioned. You may think, oh, well, people might not pay more money for my services. But a coach will probably say to you, well, look, just give it a try. Yeah, or you can offer like a special or an incentive or if people want buy one product and you sell two things, then maybe they buy both, then they get a bit of a deal, right? So there's lots of ways to incent incentivize sales. But like you said, you want to be able to be charging enough for your product or your services that you're definitely making a profit. And sometimes, again, not to pick on women, but sometimes we can not be as strong in that area, charging enough for our services and really valuing our worth in the marketplace. I think that's true. If anybody wanted to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, I've got a 20-minute call, so feel free to reach out and talk about any type of financial question or struggle that you have. So my website is investorsmarts.ca. And can you work with people all over the world, or is it just yeah. In Canada? Yeah, so every country has a little bit of different financial stuff, so I'm not well-versed on every single program of every single country, of course. But yeah, basic budgeting and sales is kind of the same throughout. So yeah, so depending if it's, again, an entrepreneur or a couple, we look at that sort of stuff. And a lot of money issues kind of comes back to emotional decision making and mm -hmm. money mindset and some of that stuff. So we end up working on a lot of psychology and sort of figure out where did you get your thoughts and beliefs around money. And sometimes that has to change. And sometimes as a couple, you come up with different money beliefs based on when you were a child and what you were taught. So helping couples work better together around money as well. Thank you, Candice. I've learned a lot from you in that. And thank you for being on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me too. Wow, Candice shared some great tips during her chat and I learned a lot from her. I highly recommend checking out her website and her 20-minute call that she mentioned during our chat. I've included links to Candice's website in the show notes, which can be found at mybabymassage.net forward slash podcast forward slash 119. Is your little one suffering from colic, constipation and have problems sleeping? Baby massage may be the solution you've been looking for to help you experience less crying, less stress and have a happier, more content little one and household. 
I've created a free introduction video to baby massage that demonstrates its many wonderful benefits and how it can help both you and your little one. You can access this video by going to mybabymassage.net forward slash intro. That's mybabymassage.net forward slash intro. Next week, I'm chatting with paediatric sleep specialist, Hilary Giglio. Hilary helps exhausted and frustrated parents teach their children to sleep through the night. Be sure to listen to this episode when it comes out next week and please subscribe to First Time Mums Chat via your favourite platform so that you get quick and easy access to all our episodes when they are live.